0: Jesus has gone too far. Can you believe what he just said? The bread which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. How disgusting. Even disturbing. People grumbled and argued about it. But Jesus didn't explain himself or back down. He made it worse by saying, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood what do we look like cannibals vampires what on earth did jesus mean unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you what a crazy thing to say no wonder that romans thought that christians were cannibals it was rumored that christians gathered each week for a ritual where they ate flesh and drank blood Wait a minute, was Jesus talking about Holy Communion? This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Today, when we hear Jesus talking about eating and drinking him, we immediately jump to thinking about his last supper in Jerusalem. He was celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples where they remembered how God brought them out of slavery in Egypt. They would gather for a meal every year to celebrate that rescue. And that night, Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples and said, Take and eat. This is My body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of Me. his disciples probably wondered and whispered about that all the way through the meal. What does he mean? After supper, he took a cup of wine, gave thanks and gave it for them to drink and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. We know the story well because we hear it every time that we celebrate communion. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell this story in their Gospels. And so does Paul in some of his letters. But when John tells the story of Jesus eating that last meal with his disciples, he doesn't even mention Jesus saying, this is my body, this is my blood. Let's take a closer look at it. it. The story starts in John chapter 13. So turn over. It's in, in your pew Bibles. It's page 16, 1673. Now you'll notice right at the beginning here, 13 verse 1, uh, the timing is a little bit different. He says it was just before the Passover feast. Now, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all say that Jesus had His last supper with His disciples on Passover. They were celebrating the Passover meal. But John says, no, it was the day just before Passover, which meant that the next day, would have been the day of preparation for Passover when Good Friday happened. The day that they were slaughtering the lambs at the temple in preparation for the Passover meal. John says that's the day Jesus, the Lamb of God, was crucified. So in chapter 13... Jesus knows that the time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And what he does that night is he washes the feet of his disciples. They were bickering over who was the best among them. And Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, you need to serve. If I, your teacher and Lord, have done this for you, then you should do this for one another. Serve one another, out of love. In verse 21, on the next page, then Jesus was troubled in spirit and said, "I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me." And then he sent Jesus out, or Judas out. In verse 27, he gives him a piece of bread. And as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. And Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. A little bit later, Jesus tells Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny you know me three times. Then in chapter 14, he talks about The Holy Spirit. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In in chapter 15, he talks about, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. You, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me. Remain in me, and you will bear much fruit. He gives them a new commandment in verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. In chapter 16, he speaks more about the Holy Spirit and about going to the Father. And in chapter 17, he prays for himself, for the disciples, and for others who will come to believe. And then they leave. Nothing about the Lord's Supper. So if John never tells the story of Jesus beginning the Lord's Supper, why in chapter 6 does he talk about eating and drinking Jesus's flesh and blood? Maybe John's trying to make a point, just as he did by tweaking the timing of the Last Supper. He's been telling this story a long time. Everything he says has a purpose. Near the end of his gospel, John says, Jesus performed many other signs which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John's Gospel is full of signs that point toward Jesus so that you may come to believe and continue to believe that He is the Messiah and that by believing, you may have new life. Let's go back to John 6. In verse 48 and 51 he says I am the bread of life I am the living bread that came down from heaven this is the first of seven I am statements that Jesus says in the gospel of John I am the bread the last I am statement is in chapter 15 where he says I am the true vine remain in me I am the bread from heaven. I am the vine. Abide in me so that you bear fruit. We see those two themes, bread and vine, woven through our stained glass windows and the archway around our sanctuary. Uh, I purposely folded the screen the other way tonight so that you might be able to see although since the light is faded you can't see it very well but on this stained glass window up here there is a sheaf of wheat and the words I am the bread of life and a grapevine right next to it mirroring all the grapevines that weave their way around the archway here bread and wine and the vine the leaves on the vine are heart shaped just like Jesus said love one another as I have loved you the greatest fruit of the vine is love remember Jesus' first miracle at the wedding in Cana Turn with me to John chapter 2, and you'll see it. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Now, weddings back then were a week-long celebration that the entire community was invited to. So you had to make sure that you had lots of food and drink. And at this wedding, they ran out of wine, which was A horrible thing to have happen in the middle of the week uh, because hospitality was so important to the people there. Mary asked Jesus to help, and so Jesus had the servants fill six huge stone jars uh, full of water. Each one of these jars held 20 to 30 gallons. And then he had them take out some and take it to the wine steward who tasted it and then immediately spoke because it had turned to wine. He immediately spoke to the bridegroom and said, most people serve the best wine first. And then, you know, when the guests are drunk, then they bring out the cheaper wine. You have saved the best for last. Verse 11 says, This, the first of His miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed His glory, and His disciples put their faith in Him. An abundance of wine. And then a little while later, Jesus fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread. Well, of course, it reminded them of Moses and the manna in the wilderness. And so, the very next day, they chased Jesus all the way around the lake because they wanted more bread. And they came up to him and said, "Lord, where, you know, where where have you you know, when did you get here? He had walked across the water in the middle of the night. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And so they asked him, well, what miraculous sign will you give us then? So that we may see it and believe you. What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were thinking Jesus was an easy meal ticket. But then Jesus used the bread to point to Himself. He said, Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. I am the true bread from heaven. Don't go looking for free bread. I'm the one who gives life. Abundant bread. Abundant wine. Signs that point to who Jesus is, where he came from, and why he came. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. But how do we receive abundant life from Jesus? Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. But just a little before that, in verse 40, Jesus had said, Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Eating and drinking, seeing and believing are woven together. These signs are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that by believing you may have life in His name. John tells the stories of the miracles of wine and bread in such a way that our attention is turned to the cross. Jesus shed His blood for us. He let His body be broken. Greater love has no one than this, he told his disciples, to lay down one's life for his friends. That's how much Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you and for the life of the world. In the movie The Passion of the Christ, as Jesus is crucified, we see flashbacks of the Last Supper. We see Jesus lifting the bread to give thanks. And then we see the soldiers lifting his body on the cross. We see him lifting the cup of wine to give thanks. And then we watch his blood dripping down on the ground. The bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. They have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. When you eat and drink, when you hear and believe, you remain in Christ. You live in Him and He lives in you. So, now what? What difference does Jesus' promise make in your life? Faith in Christ is not just about what happens after you die. It's about living in Him now and forever. Your life is to be shaped by His love. Do you remember the old gospel song, Because He Lives by the Gaithers? The first verse goes like
1: this. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Sing it with me. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living. Just because He lives.
0: Jesus lives. And He has given Himself for you, for us, and for the life of the world. He suffered, died, and rose to bring us abundant life. Jesus calls us to share Him with others through our lives and words so they may come to believe. John's Gospel is filled with signs that point to Jesus. These things are written so that you may believe. Jesus writes those words on your life in His own blood. You can be a sign pointing to Jesus. Who will you point His way this week? Life is worth the living just because He lives. Amen.